from Melbourne and Minneapolis. This is for Christ's sake. Tuesday, October 11, 1. When I awoke, it felt like a normal day. I was exhausted and it was drizzling outside, cold, grey and uninviting. I pulled off my pyjamas and took a hot shower. While I was shaving, Judith came in and kissed me, then went to the kitchen to make breakfast. I smiled into the mirror and caught myself wondering what the surgical schedule would be like. Hello and welcome to For Crite's Sake. This is uh, season four. Um, we're investigating Michael Crichton's fourth novel, A Case of Need, written under the pseudonym uh, Jeffrey Hudson, as part of our ongoing exploration through the works of... Our ongoing and, and never-ending. Ongoing, never-ending exploration of and with and by and of the works of Michael Crichton. Did I say that right? Yes, Mikey Drayton. Um, what's this book about? This is a book about a guy called John Berry. He's a doctor of some description. He's, He's a, a pathologist. pathologist, in fact. Yeah. And a friend of his named Arthur Lee, or Art Lee, as he uh, likes to call him, or he likes to call himself, and he honors that, um, has been accused of murder for performing an illegal abortion on the daughter of a high-placed and intimidating, yet perhaps inept, surgeon. Mm, heart surgeon. Or at least heartless. A heartless heart surgeon named J.D. Randall. Um, uh, Barry's been investigating. You know, he's been bumming about town, trying to turn up a few leads. Hasn't uh, found a whole lot thus far. Mm. But will this opening chapter of the second section of the book change matters? Will it indeed? Um, I'm Hugh, you're Hunter. We have drinks and snacks and shit. All right, Gimlet, salt vinegar chips, you got an apple and coffee. That's yep. our signature drink, our signature snack. What about instead of summarizing what happens in this chapter, we let uh, our listeners infer it based on the trivia questions we ask one another and <laughs> just launch straight into trivia? What do you say? What? No, no, we gotta, we gotta get through the podcast. We gotta get through the podcast. Right, Actually, I will this say this chapter wasn't was a little more engaging than the last ones. Yes, yes I was gonna that. say that. I was gonna say, um, even though we don't learn a whole lot about the mystery, we do get the welcome reintroduction of sex into the Michael Crichton universe. Mm. And also, uh, you know, there is some more pieces added to the uh, puzzle as well. You know, there's a little, there's some uh, leads that had led to be, yet to be uh, established that get established in this chapter. It's actually one of the more quotable chapters that uh, we've come across thus far. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. so we could I don't know if we should quote some of these lines. 
I want to quote some of these lines. Uh, let's, go for let's it, quickly, bro. Let's quickly duck into a segment. No, of no, 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 no. We got to summarize the chapter first, then we for cry now. We, we summarize Fine. it. You even listen to this fucking show, bro. No. <laughs> have you? Has <laughs> <laughs> anyone? Yeah, I guess I've listened to it while editing, but yeah. uh, I edit these as quickly as possible. And they don't take much editing. Mm. So, so Barry, uh, in the course of his investigations, Barry uh, heads over to Karen Randall, who is the deceased girl in question's um, college dorm. Smith College in Northampton, Massachusetts. All-girls school. And he successfully bypasses the RA, or the dorm mother, to talk to Yeah, he pretends to be Karen's roommate. uncle. Yes. Initially, <laughs> Jody has kind of a creepy uh, vibe attached to it, just a bit, I think. But isn't this a good a good uh, opportunity to jump into that one for crying out loud that I want to uh, uh, highlight? I don't know, bro. Is it? Does it? Does, do we already set up the background? Uh, yeah, we've already. We, it's literally the moment you just go for it. Go for mentioned. It's riding proud. Come on, let's hear it. Right about now. I just wanted to quote the sentence because I, I I thought it was funny. Go for it. <laughs> it is just like slightly oddly phrased as well, but yeah, again, go for we it. We knew we were onto something with this chapter when uh, we came across. Actually, there's 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 two. Come sentences on, man! <laughs> just fucking do it. <laughs> Fuck off, man! <laughs> you're you're kind of uh, right on fuse today. <laughs> All right, trivia. Screw this. No, no. Cancel, what do you want to cancel quote? the segment? What do you want to quote? All right, I'll jump back into the segment. Um, welcome to for crying out loud. No, just tell me what you want to just quote. <laughs> just read it. We're already I'm in Hugh. it. I'm joined by. <laughs> <laughs> and this week we'll What's be, happening we'll be to quoting you, dude? a couple of lines from uh, <laughs> chapter one of uh, the second section, the Tuesday, October eleventh, October. Yeah, Tuesday, October eleventh, uh, chapter section of the book uh, A Case of Need, written by Michael Crichton under the uh, pseudonym Jeffrey Hudson. Uh, anyway, so he goes to the dorm and Barry makes an observation because it's in first person narration and uh, he says on the ground floor was a living room done in bright small print fabric, rather foolishly feminine. A little bit of yeah, that, uh, that typical Crichton tone, but that's just to set up the next bit. That's so he goes to up go to the desk. The trouble of, okay. He goes up to the desk. He says, I'd like to see Karen Randall. He says to the girl at the desk. Oh, here and, we go. Yeah, uh, that's right. She gave me a startled look as if she thought I might be a middle-aged rapist. I'm her uncle, I said. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> that's it? <laughs> yeah. But like, there is something just slightly peculiar about... Like the the specific specificity of saying, um, like particularly mm. a middle aged rapist, not just. She oh, looked at me as she thought I might be a rapist, yeah. right? Just this guy coming to the dorm unannounced. I wonder which the, this is drawing to Crane's own experience going to a girls' college dorms. Mm. Yeah, so and yeah. then actually, actually later in this section, there's actually a part that I'd like to read aloud, even though it's a, let's say problematic, but we'll look into it. Well, I don't know if it's the same bit that I was about to read. I don't know. But um, he 
he comes across her roommate who's in who's walking by. Yeah. Her name's um, Ginny. 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 Let's say Ginny. Um, and he describes her appearances. Sorry, he describes her appearance, and then says. Something about her face disowned the rest of her body. <laughs> yeah. Don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, I think he's saying that uh, she has a hot body, but a uh, uggo face. I think that's the... <laughs> 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 All right, mystery solved. What did you want to quote? Well, we got we to gotta get into this. So she's talking to the roommate, right? He's talking to the roommate. All right. And, yeah, so he talks a little bit about uh, Karen's... Uh, Wife, you know, what does she like to do, Hugh? What does she like to do for, you know, a girl her age? What does she get into? Ah, uh, I remember the what you want to quote now. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hugh, answer my question. You could answer the question by just quoting that, that no, sentence. No, no. I'm going to quote the sentence, but I want you to talk about what happens in this chapter first. She likes having wild times with boys. Hmm. She claims to have had several abortions already, too. Hmm. Uh, now, and she also has a penchant for uh, saying uh, inflammatory uh, statements. Okay? Yeah, trying to get a rise out of her roommate. And I'll just, I'll just, I'll just read a little bit. I'll just read a, well, a prolonged passage, okay? That's a tough. For crying out loud. He's running proud. Come on, let's hear it right about now For crying out loud Welcome to another episode of uh, For Crying Episode? Segment <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude Alright, go I see They're whole, so wholesome, you know What kind of stories did Karen tell you? I don't know, they weren't exactly stories Just sort of implications She liked people to believe that she was wild and all her friends were wild. Actually, that was her real favorite world. word, wild. She knew how to make something sound real. She never just told you straight out in a whole long thing. It was little comments here and there about her abortions and all. Her abortions? She said she had two before she ever got to college. Now, that's pretty incredible, don't you think? Two abortions? She was only 17, after all. I told her I didn't believe it. And she said she went into this explanation of how it was done. This complete explanation. Then I wasn't so sure. A girl from a medical family could easily acquire a knowledge of the mechanics of a DNC. That didn't prove she had an abortion herself. Did she tell you anything specific about them? Where they were done? No, she just said that she had had them. And she kept saying things like that. She wanted to shock me, I know. But she could be pretty crude when she wanted to. I remember the first, no, second weekend we were here. She went out on Saturday night. She got back late. I went to a mixer. Karen came in all a mess, crawled into bed with the lights out, and said, Jesus, I love black meat. <laughs> oh, boy. Well. Uh, you accuse me of not listening to the show or knowing the format. Why yeah. wasn't that a segment of uh, Crichton it, it, Havoc it and Let's no, Slip? No, no, no. We're not, that's, that's not a good good point from right it's just me reading you can't do a whole dialogue exchange on your own i can't i already did it's too late i could have been barry i was just going to set you up no it's okay. barry is is awesome it's okay i haven't it's even okay. tried it out yet um so from the top anyway no no we, we did it anyway so uh 
Um, yeah, so she's a wild girl. I feel like uh, that passage demonstrates something about uh, Crichton's opinions uh, about race, maybe. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, she said she's. We're not done yet, dude. You even set up the weeds that get wet that are for the next chapters. Uh, anyway, so uh, <clears throat> this little convo about uh, Karen's uh, sexual proclivities ends with uh, the roommate revealing that she had two uh, potential boyfriends. Am I right? Hello. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. One of these boyfriends is a white Harvard man, possibly modeled off of Crichton himself, am I right? Perhaps. And uh, he's a football man. Yeah. The number 71. The other one, his name is Alan Zinner. <laughs> the other one is a African-American gentleman who's a musician. His name is Ralph or Roger or something like that. Um, and uh, those are uh, we to conclude that he is the owner of the black meat in question. Uh, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. What was I saying? Oh yeah. There's one other, uh, little, uh, detail that gets added to this that could come up in later chapters, which is that, uh, Jenny claims that, um, Karen was on the pill and Barry takes a sample of this supposed, you know, contraception, but uh, seems to think that something's wrong with it. Uh, and so he, he actually recognizes the, or guesses exactly what it is, and, and he knows it's not the pill. Well, that's on the next, that's in the next chapter, right? Well, he thinks he, 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 he assumes that it's, he knows it's not the pill, he doesn't know exactly what it is. I thought he. I thought he mentions that he has a pretty good guess at what it is, at least. No, because he tries it in the next one. I think. Maybe. Maybe it's. What are you talking one. about? Maybe it's this one. Yeah, because it tastes like aspirin or something like that. Where was that? I don't. I don't even remember that bit. If he actually tastes it. Really yeah, tastes it. Maybe it's in the. Maybe yeah, yeah. Uh, Bread right ahead. Yeah, okay. Yeah, maybe I read a little ahead on accident. Um, hang on. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, yeah. I was no gynecologist and no pharma pharmacologist, but I knew several things. First, that most birth control pills were now sold in a dispenser to help a woman keep track of the days, which this didn't have. Mm. Second, that the initial hormone dosage had been cut from 10 milligrams a day to 2 milligrams. That mean the pills were small and these were large pills. Chalky white, rather crumbly to the touch. I slipped one into my pocket. Even without checking, I had a pretty good idea what the pills were. Is what I was referring to. Yeah, right, right. He's got some idea, but... Pretty good idea. Mm, we don't have an idea. We don't know what it is, but... He has some idea. All right, you ready for trivia? No. No. Why are you so resistant to uh, doing this? That's, uh, that's the end of the chapter. 
So yeah, he t- and uh, you know he realizes that Jenny thinks he's a lawyer or something like that, and uh, yeah. then she flirts with him a little bit, and that's it. Hey, trivia! Are you fucking happy? does it take for Barry to drive to Karen's college? I was thinking about asking this question, but I couldn't be bothered like adding the pieces together. And I wasn't sure that there was even a conclusive uh, way you could do that in the text, but maybe I'm wrong. I know that there was an hour and a half drive that was a component of it. Mm. So I don't know, two and a half hours. You got it. Really? Nice. Yep. Yep. Uh, What is the name? Oh, sorry. How many girls attend Smith College? Is it 2,200, right? It is indeed. All right. In what stance is Karen's Harvard boyfriend in in the photo that Barry sees of him? Um, a crouched stance? No, but three-point stance. Okay. Three-point. What is the three-point stance? Oh, that's what, that's what it says. So. What is the name of Karen's dong? Uh, I have no idea. It is Henley Hall. Henley Hall. Okay. okay. What is the name of the street that is printed on the back of Karen's musician boyfriend's photograph? The street? Yeah. I have no idea. Smith Washington, Street. Washington Street. All right. What number does Alan Zenner wear? Uh, 17? 71. 71. Close. Fuck. You mixed the digits around. Yeah, I did. Well, that's that. Uh, sorry he was in such a testy mood today. I'm not. I'm, I'm moving the show along. <laughs> I'll see you next time, I guess.